Welcome to Law Light, a quick dose of legal levity as we shine some light on the heartbeat of the legal field. Hello, I'm Melinda Delmonico, CEO of Gibson Arnold & Associates. And today I'm joined by Dee Dee Norman, Director of Talent Acquisition for Partners and Mergers and Acquisition for Gibson Arnold. Thank you for joining us for our Partners on the Move series. And today's topic is embracing change, knowing when it's right to make a move. So Dee Dee, thank you for being here. I'm so grateful to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about this subject. And so when we're thinking about embracing change and knowing when it's right to make a move, what what comes to mind for you for partners? Well, I think partners decide to move for a variety of different reasons, whether it's they simply want more compensation, um, they want more support, or they need a larger platform for their clients, or maybe somebody in their firm just retired and it is creating a disruption. There's a lot of different reasons that partners want to move. And one of the questions is, how, how do you know when to move? When is the right time to make a move? Yeah, and I would, I would, I would also add to your list in, in the years of doing placement that I've seen big conflict issues arise. Sure. You know, they, they want to take on a matter and there's a conflict issue and it's shifting the dynamics of their client base. It's an opportunity for growth and, and they're, they're contracted a bit. And I would say also management changes, right? When there's a whole new cultural shift, you have a brand new managing partner and today's world, we're seeing lots of mergers and acquisitions, yes. which, is, which is brilliant for the legal industry and in that everything is completely shifted from 10 years ago. Yes, absolutely. Things are in flow. And I think that today it is not about joining a law firm and staying with them for 30 years until retirement. It doesn't work like that anymore. I think that although it can feel safer sometimes to stay with a specific firm, I think that partners now understand the fluidity of law firms and changes, and it's acceptable to make a move when it's going to benefit you. And when you're looking five years out and you see that, wow, if I had this or this or this, I might be years beyond where I'm going to be if I stay at this firm. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's actually something that it's part of the culture of partnerships and law firms these days. Yeah, and I, I also think that sometimes change can be really healthy. I, I've, I've met lawyers and partners that have been at firms for 30 years, 25 years, 30 years, and they're just ready for a change. You know, it's funny because I talk to partners and most of the, the people I talk to are generally happy where they are. And when I bring up the question of what would you want Ideally, that would be more or better or different than what you have now. Immediately, I get the laundry list. <laughs> and there are many things that they would want, ideally, that are more, better, or different. It's not necessarily enough for them to start actively pursuing that. But when somebody's presenting them with an opportunity that can give them more 
of what they feel their practice needs or could benefit from, they're absolutely open to hearing about it. And I think that speaks volumes. I think that partners would benefit from at least annually taking stock, taking a look at where's my practice? Where do I want to see it in five years? What would I need that I don't have right now? And is it worth my time to start looking around? And I know at the beginning, you, you listed out some of the reasons that you've seen for change. But when you ask that question, is are there some common themes or threads that are pretty consistent? Sometimes they don't feel like they have enough support. I've talk to attorneys who are doing the work of associates because they don't have anyone else and it's starting to create a conflict with clients because they're billing at their own rates work that could be done by an associate at a lower rate so it is detrimental to their clients Uh, I've seen some people who um, definitely management changes and that kind of thing Um, sometimes it's just that their clients have outgrown the platform of their firm I would think that would be a a common theme when you're looking at companies as they grow, right? Because corporations are constantly changing and sometimes they're merging and then you have new decision makers and you have different needs. and Startups explode, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it seems like it would be common for that. And I think your, your point of having that reflection about their business and what they've structured and what they've created and what are the needs are ever changing and growing, just like the companies that they're serving or the individuals. Absolutely. So I'm curious about when you look at kind of the financial benefits of a move, a larger platform, more support, what are some aspects of that? Um, What should partners, when they're considering the financial aspect, be considering? Well, if you look at your own practice area and you see that the clients that you have, you have great relationships with them and you are working one aspect of their needs for an attorney and they have, let's say, corporate work that they're giving away to a larger firm. That would be your work. That would be your originations. You would be gaining financially if your firm was able to accommodate them. And if they're not, that money's walking out the door for you. So those are things to consider most definitely. A lot of partners don't realize that their clients may have international needs that they don't even know about because they don't ask them about it because they can't serve them. And some firms capitalize on that. So they may be, their clients may be giving away work that they're not even aware of. So sometimes having an international platform or going from a regional platform to a national platform opens a lot of doors. We do a lot of work with general counsel in our in-house placement division. And one thing that I hear consistently, because we went through a time period in the law field of various types of flat fee billing and so forth. And I think that's been integrated somewhat. But what I hear consistently from general counsel is I hire the lawyer and I make sure the lawyer is with a firm that is going to pass muster with the board, especially for corporate and securities work, right? So there's there's this threshold that's created 
an expectation about the growth of a practice and the type of firm that they want to work with, but it's really about the individual lawyer and capitalizing on the platform that they have. The other aspect that I hear is that general counsel is for certain kinds of work, they really aren't concerned about hourly rate. You know, that's why we're seeing the $1,000 or $1,200 an right. hour on for corporate securities. Employment law, maybe not so much, right? They're, they're wanting great skills, but they want the rate to be a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at the individual practitioner and we look at partners, depending on their practice area, rate becomes really important Absolutely. for the clients that they're serving. And so what is the growth potential? What is it they want to accomplish ultimately with their practice? And like you said, five, year down, five years down the road, where should they be? What's going on today and what's happening in five years? Right. Now, sometimes that can be a mindset. And I want to say that sometimes a practice can benefit from going up or down on that rate scale. Sometimes they feel like their rates are so high that they're losing business and they want more flexibility with rates. And that's a reason to change firms. And maybe they want something that goes to a middle market firm that's going to accommodate their clients and their practice will grow from that rather than being at an AMLA top 50 firm. So there are different reasons that you could benefit financially from having your rates go up or down. Sometimes I think there's an expectation of what you can get or what you feel comfortable with as far as rates go. And you have an expectation that yes my work is valuable and I will attract clients that pay a premium and that's what I do and that's going to affect your practice that's going to affect the clients that you end up attracting but also there's a reality you have to you have to be aware of the market you have to be aware of for example intellectual property there are so many companies that want flat fees now and so they may need a firm that has more flexibility in doing some flat fees instead of the hourly rate because the market is changing yeah it it is absolutely changing and especially after this time period we'll see how how many more changes (laughs) we have right right so so one thought i have and just listening to you about that we we get into some cultural aspects too because we i think we could touch on you know, what we see firms paying um, percentage to originations, but more importantly, what I've seen from a cultural aspect is a shift from the eat what you kill mentality 20 years ago, which still exists, right? Sure. But also accommodating teamwork and mm-hmm. the ability to share in originations and the ability to go out and get clients together. So it seems to me culture, you know, when we talk about satisfaction and happiness in our work, you know, what are your comments about that? Because the, those factors are now have shifted quite a bit. Absolutely, and yeah, and, and firms vary in their philosophy about that. So there are firms that are extremely collegial, and I know that that term is used very often, maybe even too often. Everyone wants to think they're collegial, and there are some firms where practices are absolutely siloed and there's no way around it that's the way that it is Uh, some firms uh, support a culture of um, almost uh, selfishness or um, just wanting to make sure that nobody takes what I have 
and keeping it to myself and not sharing work, it depends on the firm. And the I, what I've seen, it, there are some firms that are so committed to having an environment that has their employees work together, their partners or shareholders work together, that they actually redesign their offices for more communal space so that people feel like they're working as a team and they feel like they can trust the people that they work with and they're going to be able to give away work and get work back. And it depends, I think personality, your individual personality um, definitely plays a part in deciding which kind of firm you would like to join. And which culture. Absolutely. Because I think there's a mindset to a certain extent that the eat what you kill kind of mentality or culture maybe gives the, the, the shareholder holder more money. But in actuality, we've seen vastly different compensation as it ranges between firms. I've not seen a huge difference between the eat what you kill comparatively to the teamwork in the sense that in general, I mean, I know this is a very generalized statement, but a lot of firms comp falls between about 30 and 45% right. of, originate, or of, of collections. Yes. Right? Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Have you seen that? I mean, I know there's some um, firms that have like 80%. It's rare, but we've seen that in larger firms as well. I mean, comp across the board can be a little bit different and tweaked and looked at differently. But the right. teamwork component doesn't seem to affect the percentage, is what I'm saying, compared to the what you kill. Yes, definitely, definitely. And, and firms will sometimes reward for originations, and sometimes they will give points to people who share work specifically, so they reward that. So they are set up with comp systems in, in very different ways and comp structures. I've even seen um, firms merge, two large firms merge, that one had traditionally a closed comp system and one had an open comp system where they're transparent and people generally know what everyone makes versus more of a black box where um, it's more discretionary. They've merged and been able to form sort of a hybrid comp structure and it has worked extremely well. So I think comp structures are even fluid. Um, it's an interesting time for for the legal industry as far as that's concerned. I think firms are rightly so examining what works best and implementing changes. I think so too. And I, I think that comp structures drive behaviors and it should be a very high priority for a cultural issue in my opinion as it relates to a law firm because comp and culture are very connected in law firms and behaviors. Absolutely. And I think as far as knowing when the right time to make a change for partners is, is to really take stock and, and do a thorough examination of who your clients are, what's best going to serve them. Take a look at what could be holding you back. Is it a fear of change? Is it is it not wanting to be uncomfortable because I think those things can be detrimental to your practice and I do agree with you that there's so much growth in change there's so much opportunity in change and it's almost expected in today's legal culture that there'll be shifts and moves and 
uh, like I said, there's, there's more fluidity to it these days. And I think examining where you want to be and not settling uh, is huge. And I think enjoying the people that you work with is critical. Most definitely. Most definitely. It makes a big difference on our satisfaction on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. These are people you spend more time with generally than your family members. So absolutely. Well, Dee, thank you. And thank you to our audience for joining us for our Partners on the Move series, Embracing Change and Knowing When It's Right to Make a Move. Thank you. a brand new day and we'll be making history are you with me won't you stay we have come so far this is who we are and like the rising sun we have just begun to play our part this is the time we form the Lift your voice for those before us We can rely on one another Feel the pride, let's show